0: And it feels like this is a pivot moment where it's 14-14. They've had the special teams play. The crowd's uh, as loud as a crowd can get in the pandemic. Uh, uh, Missouri's hot. They're in the top 25. It's all coming together. And Georgia just goes, nope, and then it's over.
1: What's up, Georgia football fans? My name is Scott Duvall, and you're listening to episode 261 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. I'm joined on this quick postgame show via Zoom by my two co-hosts, Will Leach and Tony Waller. The easy title for this episode would be to call it the Georgia-Missouri postgame show, right? The real title of the show could be called the Georgia-Missouri postgame show and Florida blowing their chance at the college football playoff birth show to a 4-5 LSU team, if all that makes sense. And I'm sure It does. The dog's offense was blistering up in Columbia, Missouri. There's a real connection developing between JT Daniels and George Pickens, and also the joy that Kirby has this team playing with this late in the season, a season that for many other schools is quickly going off the rails. Let's just say it's encouraging, refreshing, and a whole lot of fun as a Georgia football fan to watch right now. Hope you're as excited as we are about this postgame show, but before we begin, a quick shout-out to our podcast partner for this episode, the Northside and Westside Bottle Shop. Uh, Their in-store experts are happy to be your guides and provide you with a variety of recommendations for massive selections, and I mean massive, selections of craft beer, fine wine, spirits, and liquors. There's holiday packs that are available, and you can shop in person or you can shop online and schedule a pickup at your convenience. And make sure to let them know that Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast sent you when you stop by. So without any further delay, let's just jump on into the show. Here's Will to get it all started.
0: For the first half of Georgia's game uh, against Missouri, I was feeling really smart about my, I'm a little worried about this game. Keep an eye out. Uh, after that block punt, it felt like Missouri was uh, – the, 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 what the crowd did after that block punt, I was like, whoa, Missouri's got some fans in this. That's actually – it was one of the loudest actual sounds I've heard, individual sounds I've heard from a football game this year. There was, there was a huge – it really felt like Missouri was uh, – uh, it felt like there was reason to be concerned. And then, <laughs> and then George exploded and then George exploded. It became the offense that I think that we have been hoping for uh, really since and got here, 49 to 14. And it could have been more uh, to say the very least uh, that was quite an explosion and very pleasant to watch. And I would argue uh, perhaps again, as we've all talked about, this is really all for the September 4th of 2021, what we were all building toward, boy, it felt very exciting uh, to see what might be possible during that time.
2: Yeah, you know, when you think about the game flow there, um, <clears throat> I, I think I think we all kind of had a dread that we were going to wind up in some sort of rock fight in the first half. Um, and I think I, I I said it, I was like, you know, this you could sway me uh, one way or another on how close it would be in the first half based on special teams play. The black punt was not great. Um, you know, you... You know, I think, I think we have found, uh, I think we have found that Georgia is a team that continues to adjust well. I think the only game where we didn't adjust well in the second half would have been, uh, well, I, mean, I could say Florida, but definitely Alabama. But, you know, I don't think you can argue with the adjustments that were made uh, really after the black punt. It was a whole different game. Well, I will say the one thing though that I, that I was happy to see, it never felt like, Either side of the ball was not into it. It's just it felt like it took a little bit to get our legs under us. You know, Missouri pulled out all the stops. They you know ran the double pass on the trick play, and I mean you can't you can't give up on that play. You have to play disciplined uh, defensive back, and I think that's something that Kirby Smart will have a conversation with several times in practice this week. Uh, but overall, it's hard to be too upset when you put up 600 yards of offense, you hold the other team to 200 yards, and one of their two touchdowns. And frankly, the only time Billy threatened to do anything in the game was on a black punt that was recovered at the two.
1: So I missed, gosh, really the first half of the game uh, just about because I was doing some work downtown. And I kept getting updates uh, through the text thread that Tony and Will have and then also from my oldest son. And when I saw Tony and Will talking about i think you actually used the term rock fight and uh will was uh, mumbling something on it uh, to where it was i could tell it was frustrating to start out and i pulled out my phone and checked that it was 14 14 i even went so far as to wonder how they got there and got even sadder when i saw that georgia jumped out to a 14 nothing lead and then let them come back and so uh that was pretty distressing but The point I started or I picked up the game was when I got in my car and I heard Scott Howard call Zamir White's 43-yard touchdown scamper. So that was kind of a lifting of my feelings as I was driving home. But, you know, the thing that impressed me was I think on the pregame podcast, uh, I touched on the fact that uh, Missouri had racked up 600 yards of offense in two straight games. And Georgia kind of flipped that where they were the ones with 600-plus yards total offense and basically tripled the output. Of Missouri. So, um, you know, it's almost like, does this season have to end now? Because it seems like the offense and everything is just exactly where we want it. And hopefully we have two games left. So uh, I couldn't be more excited about the second half of the game that I actually was able to uh, immerse myself in and enjoy.
0: Yeah, you got there in time. You actually, and for the record, <laughs> I think there has to be. Uh, don't give Scott any crap about this, by the way, because I mean, again, we didn't know this game was being played exactly like six days ago. So this is not like this is not like someone that schedules a wedding in like October. <laughs> I mean, how dare you go and work on a game yeah. <laughs> when, you did, when you didn't know that this game was going to be happening? Exactly, neither one of us did. Yeah, six days ago. So uh, I, I think that's very reasonable. Yeah, it was. You're right. There does seem to be a feel, and I hope that I I I don't. Spend and time on the message boards or anything but i hope the fan base has that feeling that i have right now which is that like oh man at this part we just got started like like when you're when like a kid and uh, and you're having fun with your friends and your parents are like okay it's time to go home it's just like oh no like the first hour everyone was sitting across the room like twiddling their nose like what are you gonna do, I do nothing And you finally figure out the really fun thing you want to do and then you have to go home and that is kind of how this feels right now uh, that offense um but not just the offense this is what we've been waiting for from Pickens, right? Like this was this has been the thing that we've always known he's been able to do. And there's been the attitude stuff. There's been the inconsistency stuff. There's been the 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 kind of dumb, uh, kind of sideline decisions stuff. Uh, there's been the beating the guy up at Georgia Tech, which was fine. Uh, but generally speaking, we've been waiting for him to have the wait. We, we when do we get our Randy Moss? When do we when did we get our when did we get our Terrell Owens? This was our Randy Moss and our Treloar. It's that catch, not just the, not just the catch, but the casualness of the catch uh, to me was the best part about it. Um, and then after that, it was fun to watch Daniels, who again, when he throws deep, there's still a little bit of a "go get it" sort of idea. Like it's not, it never necessarily feels like that incredibly precise. Like when Fromm would throw a good long deep ball, it felt like everything was executing perfectly. And then Fromm would would like it wasn't necessarily Fromm's strength, but when he threw one, it was like. The Daniels always has a little bit, and I think it's deceptive, actually. I think he's actually more precise than it seems. But there's something about it, particularly when the when the receivers are going the way they were, that it feels like, go get it, go get it. And they just get it every time. To see all the, the receivers kind of running, it's clear everyone is having a lot of fun in this offense now, which is something that, frankly, has been lacking not just in Georgia football, but in life in 2020. Uh, it was very, very enjoyable. I would say that second half was... Probably the most enjoyable, purely enjoyable that Georgia football has been in a couple of years,
2: maybe. <laughs> like what what do you think, Tony? Well, I mean, I think, you know, from halftime of the Missouri game until last night at midnight was probably the most fun football Saturday. I <laughs> um the uh it, it, we will talk about that. Um, but the, I think the part of uh, the part of it that really most impressed me was um Daniel's admitted some of that in his post-game comments, right? He's like, you know, I'm always telling Pickens, it's like there's no such thing as the 50-50 ball with you. All of them are 80-20 for us. Uh, you know, it's If I if I throw the ball to you, just don't let me a pick. Could you imagine Jake Fromm making that statement right. two years ago right. and ever being available to the press ever again? On the record, I don't think Jake
0: Fromm is going to be available to the press ever again anyway it for entirely best. different reasons. But yes, go ahead. <laughs>
2: So I, you know, I think it is, uh, it is interesting. The other thing about, uh, I, I was watching the post-game comments, uh, Tiffany, uh, with Tiffany and a couple of the kids, and just his not, his blase, like he is, he is like the pro California dude. He's like, yeah, you know, it's just like this is the team we want to be. And we know we we're here. And we're just like, I just throw the ball up to Pickens. He goes and gets it, man.
0: And it's <laughs> You just, just turned like, left on La
2: Brea. La Brea, it's go right down this door. The, there's a yeah, there's a on this little burger joint, you know, the one that Big Johnny sits outside all yeah. the time. Um but you know, it is a um it is a revelation and and I know there's gonna be a lot of there will continue to be a lot of what if spilled over the middle part of the season where we had quarterback struggles speaking of quarterbacks we saw Carson Beck Did he actually I don't remember if he got a pass he touched um, the ball but you know he touched the ball Um, and then you know Stetson got a couple of pass plays and it's it's interesting to watch the two of them in the same game have pass plays because it is clear there's a difference in the zip a difference in ball placement and one other thing about Daniels he's just so calm in the pocket he is just like his pocket presence is just incredible his ability just like to stay in the pocket as it's going down around him and just like deliver a decent ball and you're right Will I think there are there are balls that he really does take as 50-50 balls uh, but he has the ability to put the zip on it when he needs to and you're right it can be deceptive. The thing I
1: like is uh, December football uh, I mean you know the fact that we had a game <laughs> on the 12th of December and hopefully there's a game next week on the 19th of December. I just, for some reason I'm like, this is kind of cool. Uh, it's just, a, it's just a neat feeling to to watch December football. The only thing I was disappointed about, I was kind of hoping there'd be some weather and snow. It was really ironic and fun for me to see them all bundled up. Uh, you just don't see that. Um, you know, I think there was discussion on Twitter this week of like the coldest Georgia game that's ever been played. And a lot of people are saying there was an Auburn game about four or five years ago that was freezing the Georgia tech game. But Yeah. It's just kind of neat to see football played in football weather. Um, The other thing, you know, kind of touch on Daniels. I loved his comments a couple weeks ago when he was like, I've never been down a dirt road. I've never been fishing. (laughs) You know, just to realize that he's really enjoying this, you know, it was kind of like Will in 2013, but you know, of course in central Illinois, there's plenty of dirt. I was going to
0: say, we did plenty of fishing and plenty of dirt roads. roads.
1: (laughs) But you know, just to, to have a guy come to a place that you love, uh, and, and cherish so much as Athens, Georgia and the university of Georgia. It's just really cool to experience it as he's experiencing it through the comments and, and quotes that, uh, that he gives in, in the media. But, you know, my favorite highlight, I think, you know, I think most people talk about the Pickens throw or a couple of the Pickens throw, but really my, my favorite highlight was the, um, the cook pass where he scored early because, you know, they, they did the reverse angle from the end zone and he did this weird, cool little double clutch thing and just nails him right in stride. And you get it's kind of like what we've been talking about ever since Cook's been here is like, get him involved in the passing game and he's going to do amazing things. And, and, you know, he just was like, see y'all after he caught that ball uh, kind of in the middle of the field and then took one step and he was gone. You know, I think we need to talk about Darnell Washington a little bit, and uh, the tight ends being in, involved, especially a six-seven guy that's pretty much uncoverable. Looking at the stats, really 28 first downs compared to 11 for Missouri. Time of possession, 34 minutes. One penalty for Georgia. You remember that Arkansas game? I mean, they've come a long way in this herky-jerky season, and I give Kirby and the coaching staff and the players, I mean, really everybody, so much credit because it's just been fits and starts throughout the year and they're playing some of their best ball when they need to play it. Yeah, I actually, I want to get into
0: this a little bit when we do our, our in-person show this week, by the way, I felt like our zoom show was a little bit half in half out this week, but I've got the energy of watching that game now. So I'm ready to get back uh, uh, going in person this week. So I want to get into the show a little bit on that show. But I do think when you see just generally what's going on in not just college football, but sports entirely, teams are breaking down. Teams are, players are opting out. Guys are getting hurt everywhere. There are tons of like, you know, there it's the the college football is limping to the end of its season, uh, which is uh, totally understandable. I don't, I don't think it's fair to blame any coaches or players for, for doing that. I think there has to be legitimate commendation given to the staff uh, this team it seems to be enjoying itself and playing harder and improving and figuring itself out as the season goes along. There's not a ton of player opt-outs. There's not, let's just get this over with. I would argue in many ways the players – uh, and staff have shown they are more committed to the end of the season than maybe some of the fans are. <laughs> and that after that Florida loss, I think a lot of people kind of checked out a little bit. And to be honest, you heard, I mean, remember the preview for the variable the game that didn't happen? It was like, yeah, they're going to play football and we'll see what happens. But they're still taking this seriously and they're getting better because of it. And I don't know if the staff has pushed this toward we're playing the September of next year. This is all a process. We're going to be uh, get this going by then. But uh, certainly the idea that this team looks better than it has all year now is extremely rare, uh, not just in college football, but really in sports entirely. And I think they deserve credit for that.
2: Oh, 100%. I mean, we I think we credited Kirby and Ron Corson for staying healthy. Um, that is part of it, but uh, there is also a, a fair amount of um, you have to give both what I mean, I, I, am not a fan of the term culture in that way, but there is a culture here. Of um, Kirby has built a culture uh, from the top down. Of we're a team. We're going to do this as a team. We're going to take care of each other as a team. Um, I mean, the fact that we've only had three people walk away from the team, and all three of them are entering the tra- have entered the transfer portal, and are doing so because it's clear they're not going to get playing time, and that's it. Like you have, you have a guy that legitimately could be picked in the top three, four rounds in the count who after having a motorcycle accident could have well said, you know what, I'm going to get healthy. I'm going to work out for the NFL draft. And he is fighting tooth and nail to come back and play. And whatever game happens on the 19th of the bowl game, um, you have Jordan love, another guy that could be in on oh, Jordan love Jordan, <laughs> a different guy, Jordan Davis. Um, you know the same thing. Uh, had an elbow injury that could have shut him down for the rest of the season, and he's he came back and played. Um, same with Trey Hill. Uh, it, it is impressive to me, and I don't think it, it can be underrated um, because you're will. Will I think you're right that that the defense looked like they went through a bit of a malaise for a couple of games, uh, certainly early in games, and we didn't even see that. I mean, I just went back and looked at the drive chart. You know, basically Missouri had. Uh, one longest drive that ended in a punt and a long drive that, that basically was helped with a 47 yard uh, double pass after the touchdown, they scored on the blocked punt, which was a one yard, not a three yard. They got 64 yards of offense. That is starting with like seven minutes in the second quarter. Um, this, this team is playing hard. And now I'm looking at it and I'm like, um I, I, it would be hard for me, and I'm not. And i I would. I would have said this last night before Florida lost to LSU. I feel like Georgia would beat Florida now. Um, that, that could be. That could be hubris. We don't get to. We don't get to say that. But um, this Georgia team is playing at a different level than they were playing at a month and a half ago, and that's a. That's a lot of fun to see, especially in the season.
0: This is going to be an underrated pivotal game. Uh, in the Kirby Smart era, to be entirely honest with you. You think about how that was kind of looking when it was 1414, 14, and Missouri's going crazy, and you know, maybe this is, this year's been a step back, right? Like this has been the thing. This was the thing that people have been worried about. What happens when Georgia doesn't make the SEC championship game as they're expected to every single year. And that was secured early. And that just makes more whispers is what we've said constantly for the last three years. It's great. Like, like when things are going great, that's fine. But until you win that title, if you take a step back, people are going to be after you to see them make this pivot and have this, have this, uh, Come back. i don't really to me it doesn't really matter what happens to the peach ball if they lose in the in, in the peach ball I, I i i we've seen something now like we've clearly seen something now. We've seen the direction. We've seen how this works with Munken, which is a, which is always a concern here. Is the offensive line, obviously the offensive coordinator. We've seen how this works. I think there's a lot of reasons to be excited, and it feels like this is a pivot moment where it's fourteen fourteen. They've had the special teams play. The crowd's uh, as loud as a crowd can get in the pandemic. Uh, Missouri's hot. They're in the top twenty-five. It's all coming together, and Georgia just goes nope, Vroom, and then it's over. And uh, that is something that. Uh, uh, the fact that they're able to do that and encouraged and uh, motivated to do that uh, strikes me as a as a really good sign. There's a reason. If you saw the post press conference afterwards, that's as happy as I've seen Kirby Smart all year. Uh, was was the way that that he was in that press conference? Like he looked. He looked, I think he used the term "proud of them" like three or four times. Uh, uh, clearly, they, I think something turned in this game, and I think we're going to see the results of it uh, uh, if not this year, uh, in in uh, maybe even next year.
1: And one of the things, uh, as y'all are mentioned about people, uh, players buying in and everything, I even saw a dude that's in the transfer portal playing for Georgia yesterday. Trey Blunt was on the field and he's in the transfer portal, which uh, I think Seth kind of clarified saying like, hey, even if they're in the transfer portal, they can still play. And so, I mean, that's just kind of another thing. It was just so weird to see. He didn't catch a pass. but. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, I mean, it just kind of goes along with this narrative of this particular podcast episode that we're recording right now. So I think arrows are pointed up. The um, The other stat that I looked up, or not really a stat, but thing that I noticed was explosive plays. There were like six or seven, well over 37 yards. And if you look back, uh, the first five or six games of the season that was one thing that was lacking when uh mathis and bennett were playing uh, i think we had like one or two explosive plays at all versus in the wins versus uh, auburn and tennessee and then they kind of dwindled down and i mean think about kentucky nothing happened in that game um so i think that really the the arrows are pointed up on the offense it was a great day f- to be a Monkin yesterday because uh Todd's brother, Jeff, uh, blanked Navy in, in the fog. It was like every game was in the fog yesterday. I don't understand that because Florida was in the fog. Florida was in a fog. Yes. Literally okay. and figuratively. But, yeah, uh, we
0: got to give – I can't wait to get talk Tony about the mic.
1: That. I can't wait to get Tony the mic on that one. I'm very <laughs> excited about that. So,
2: guys, I don't know if you saw, but Florida lost last mm-hmm. night. Um, You know, Will, as you were talking about um the kind of the narrative, the narrative of the season, let's say that – um. Florida had lost to LSU whenever it was they were supposed to play. I don't think they would have because LSU is a much better team now than they were. And I think you have to acknowledge a little bit. I have to acknowledge what Bo Pelini did. And I've been, I have made a lot of Bo Pelini experience jokes uh, here over the past four months. Um, but if LSU had lost to Flor uh, beat in Florida and whenever it was, they were supposed to play like two weeks before we were supposed to play them um, Florida. And then we had lost to Florida this whole season would have been very different than it would be now because it really would have been like, God, what if? And there is some of that now. But the fact that Georgia's kind of really been out of it and has been able to tinker is not the right way of looking at it, but really just like, you know what, we're gonna go play football. And we get to we get to prove to ourselves that we have we have to play for ourselves rather than some external goal. If we play for ourselves. Good things happen, which lends some credence to your idea that this might be an underrated pivotal game in the Kirby Smart era. Um, Having said all of that, there is, um, first off, I think we're all LSU fans right now. Second off, it could not have happened to a nicer guy, Dan Mullen, who (laughs) out of the gate last night, his press conference, playing, well, I guess just, you know, the thing to do is play fewer games. Or you know, don't have the throwin' and the gloaming with a shoe, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh It's I would when when it, when I saw that happen, I was like, he just threw something. I was like, what, what's that? And then when the flag came in really late, I was like, they're not gonna flag him for like throwing somebody's towel. And then it was a shoe in an all-time great. Um, who was NFL ref that did the given the business um, all time great ref call? Oh yeah, he's giving him the business down. He's there. giving him the business down there. Well, <laughs> last night's very descriptive, explanatory of the unsportsmanlike penalty. It's like he threw his shoe twenty yards down the field. <laughs> it was almost it was almost it was almost like all right, Mullen come at me, right? Uh, but it is weird. It's weird at the level of joy. I felt now, and I'm always happy when Florida loses because I think Angels get their wings. But um, the level of joy I felt when that ball sailed wide left, and, and I was like, the whole clone was like, oh my God, we're SEC, coach, DC, SEC East Coach champs and, and all this stuff. And it's like, I don't care. Don't come at me with the, we didn't win it. We're not playing Atlanta. We didn't win it. I, after this season, this crazy, stupid, hard season where the team's playing better and the team looks better and they're actually playing hard for each other. I, yeah, I'll take that. Look, if this were a normal year where we fiddle-farted around and messed around and had a full season to get ready and we didn't look confident until November, um, I would feel that way. But I, I tend to view things on a spectrum not as a one one data point uh, dot in time. And we're getting better and we're starting to look like a, a good football team in the future, however, whatever it is, looks really good. And the fact that Florida, who had the opportunity to go and potentially play in the college football playoff, even if they lose to Alabama, zero chance of that happening now, is uh, super exciting.
1: That'll, that'll make for an interesting discussion this week on, you know, basically Florida's out of it. So I guess that really helps the Ohio State uh, fans, but we'll, we'll get to that. Um, the other thing, Tony, uh, in the LSU-Florida game was uh, I, I enjoyed seeing Oconee County's Max Johnson Uh, leading the Tigers. I mean, he was playing quarterback. We were watching him with Jeff Collins at uh, at (laughs) Georgia State Stadium this time last year. Yeah,
2: a year ago this weekend, I think.
0: Yeah. Um, Also, um, well, yeah, very, very just positive news. And frankly, also, it also assures me, uh, listen, no one likes to see Alabama win but it will be really fun to watch them completely crush Florida next weekend, which is absolutely what's going to happen. And uh, I'll be okay with that. I will be all right. Uh, With also last course, gotta give a shout out every time Prather Hudson plays. Shout out to Prather Hudson. Got to pray their hearts in time. We got to back pray their hearts in time all across the board. Um, All right. Well, Wednesday we'll do it. We'll go Wednesday. Um, uh, We are setting up for a season where, uh, with all the frustration, uh, there's going to be more good feeling about uh, Georgia's the way this season ends with Georgia than last season ends with Georgia. And that is, I think, that speaks well to what they're doing over there. So, um, all right, everyone. Well, have a good one. We'll be back Wednesday. Uh, But otherwise, uh, what are the? How do we end the? Oh,
1: uh, go dogs! Go dogs! And thanks so much for listening. We'll be back with our Georgia Vanderbilt part two preview later this week. Really, who knows what will happen right now, but we're going to do a show regardless. And that's why we're going to do it a little bit later in the week to allow for the decisions to be made. So as we hopefully have a current and relevant informational podcast episode to talk about and pass on to you. Uh, you can keep in touch with us by giving us a follow on Twitter. Our handle is at WSLS Podcasts. And until next time, happy holidays, happy Hanukkah, and Merry Christmas. We'll see you on campus, hopefully, this Saturday. And as always, go, dogs.